Yo, remember yo. back on the bully when cats used to harmonize yeah. like <laughs> yo. yo, my men and my women, don't forget about the dean. This is not the most the king, yo. It's about a thing, huh? Yeah, feel yo. real good. Wait. You are listening to Brunch Culture. My name is Randall Keith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ms. Lisa Victoria. Hi. So, let's dive right into it with our weekend review. Lisa, let us know what happened this past week. Well, this week, on June 2nd, we commemorated the 50th anniversary of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which took place on June 2nd, 1964. That's right. And this law, for any of you guys that don't know why this is so significant, um, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 made it illegal to discriminate on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. It ended school, work, public, and public facility discrimination, and it barred unequal, unequal application of voter registration requirements. So basically, without the Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, we would still be able to be told that we can't enter into an establishment because it is for one particular race, or people would be able to deny us service or access to a number of different things because of uh, our sex or our national origin, our, our religious beliefs, or our color. So we definitely, definitely are thankful for that, and that's a, a huge milestone to be just 50 years from that happening. And it's important to know that over a thousand civil rights demonstrations in 209 cities occurred within three months beginning in May 1963. So a lot, a lot took place in order to get us to this moment. So we just want to commemorate them because a lot of people died and, and were tortured just so we could have equal rights as African Americans. Right. And I think it's, it's one of those things we don't we may not think about all the time, but it's these moments when we think it was just 50 years ago. So that's within yeah, a lifetime. Yeah. Within a lifetime ago, we could have experienced those same things. So it's, it, it definitely garners a, a moment of silence and just a moment of thankfulness and appreciation, appreciation to everyone, uh, well-known or little-known, that had a part in that movement. And for that to be to have happened and us to be able to celebrate it here 50, some 50 years later, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, and we thank everybody that contributed to this, um, to the marches and to us having civil rights. And if you know anybody, make sure to thank them and, and listen to their stories and listen to their testimonials because it'll make you that more appreciative of, of the freedoms we have today. Right. And so some other things happened this uh, past week, um, a little bit of things that aren't as significant, if you will, as the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Uh, but definitely the Twitter sphere is talking about it, social media is talking about it. So, of course... We definitely have to dive into it. The BET Awards happened yeah. on last Sunday. Um, what did you think about those, Lisa? Um, I didn't get to watch it live, uh, but I went back on BET.com and saw the highlights and the clips. Uh, I was, I was, it was interesting. I know Chris Brown threw a lot of shade. One thing he did say that was 
so rude and hilarious at the same time was when he said that Rick Ross would be the first rapper to die of breast cancer. Yeah, I didn't see the show. I didn't see that part of the show, but I heard I heard people to say it, and people start tweeting about it. And at first, I thought it was a hoax. I was like, Chris Rock didn't really say that. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have said that. But no, he he said that along with saying that if he made some headphones, if uh, Rick Ross made some headphones, they would be called the diabetes headphones or something like that. Yeah. Hilarious, hilarious guy. I was a little skeptical at first about him hosting the BET Awards. I didn't know how it was going to come over, but from what I saw, I think he did a great job. Yeah, I mean, I, it was some mixed reviews about how he did it. I wasn't able to watch the whole show in its entirety, but I did watch a couple clips, and I saw Nicki Minaj. Uh, she did a Black History Reflection, which was interesting uh, because it wasn't. it was just, like, so random. It was just like, what? And then she went into something about her as a rapper. And then it was super long. And it was just, it was interesting. And I know she threw shade at the other rapper. Um, and I and now she's trying to correct it. And she was like, no shade, no shade. But it was like, you threw it and then you took it back. Yeah, I think the whole setup, I, I kind of started watching it just right before. Um, I start, actually started watching it when Iggy Azalea and T.I. were performing. Um, and after that, uh, Nicki Minaj, basically she won the award for Best Female Rapper. This is the fifth year that she's won it. It's, it's a huge accomplishment. It's a big thing for her to win it five but, times but in a row. But does she have any competition? I don't know uh, if there's any other female <laughs> rapper but Nicki Minaj. I mean, you have I a mean, point. I did, somebody said Charlie Baltimore was over. Yeah, I didn't Charlie know she Baltimore was, a, was. I didn't even know she was still rapping. I thought that was the Ja Rule phase. I will have to say, I think BT definitely just pulls up some old stuff or just gives people credit for some underground stuff that maybe they shouldn't be just to have people in the category. I I, think they have to have the category, so they're just like, okay, they should just put Nicki Minaj with the regular rappers because everybody else is not really competition. Yeah, well, so I think that, um, well, probably perhaps this year because Iggy Azalea really is just kind of, blowing up and popping off um, mainstream-wise. She's been around for a minute, but mainstream-wise, she's just popping off. I do think, though, that Nicki Minaj, her statements, she says that, you know, she came back on Twitter and basically said she's congratulated Iggy Azalea, which is true. She definitely has publicly um, congratulated her from her success uh, with her her songs, with Fancy. But she... It was one of those things that as I watched it, I was just kind of like, man, what happened to the days when the female rappers were kind of like banding together? I think, you know, it's one of those things. You know, We know it's a male-dominated industry. They always say that. But I just thought it was a really good uh, time, like back in, in, the, in the Missy Elliott, Lil' Kim days when they all just supported each other, band together. And it was kind of like a friendly competition. Nicki Minaj says that she wasn't talking about Iggy Azalea, but I just kind of think that it was a little too... It wasn't a coincidence that all of that came after Iggy Azalea had just performed. And here recently, um, people have been saying that Iggy Azalea is the new queen of rap. And, of course, that has been Nicki Minaj's title. So I feel like, in a way, she's defending. She was trying to defend her title with all of that. And I just feel like, overall, it was uncalled for. Like, let's just be positive and support each other. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that in light of the 50th anniversary of the Civil Rights Act and what people went through to unify us, to throw shade at other people in light of the fact that it was just 50 years ago 
we we as a people just have to be better about promoting other people and being unified because you can't a house divided against itself cannot stand and i know it, it is is not black but still the fact of the <laughs> she's matter still is, a female rapper yeah yeah she's and still so a female rapper. if we're gonna fight for unification we um we just need to do it and we need to be better about respecting other people yeah so another thing that was uh, actually a pretty big topic from the bt awards was um, Chris Brown. Chris Brown came back. This, I think this is his first uh, performance since he's been released. A lot of people were talking about the performance in itself and also talking about um, if Usher upstaged Chris Brown or did Chris Brown upstage Usher. What did you think? I watched snippets of the performance. I think Usher did a really good job by taking us through all of his hits. Um, he has so many different hits throughout the years. And I just think that Chris Brown is more current mm -hmm. and more relevant. Well, people feel that he's more relevant in this generation. Right. It's I think it's the fact, I don't know if he's necessarily more relevant or it's just the fact that his songs appeal to a younger demographic. Right. And I think Usher is older now and he's trying to appeal to the younger demographic, but his age is just so far disconnected from the younger demographic, and I think people just flock to Chris Brown. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't I don't know. I I actually still haven't seen Usher's performance, but I saw Chris Brown's performance, and I definitely think he did a good job. He's a very talented kid, so um, I call him a kid, and I think he's somewhere near our age. Um, but yeah, I definitely think he did a good job. I can't say one was better than the other, but I thought it was entertaining. Um, I actually think of the performances that I, I did see, I think he definitely gave uh, the people what they wanted. And it's probably one of the better ones. Mm -hmm. Well, that was our weekend review. Um, today's main topic has to do with young professionals being called bougie. Now we know in the brunch culture that most of the young professionals sometimes are called bougie by their family members. Yeah. Um, especially if you grew up in a, a low income or even mid income black just family. Urban, yeah, just yeah. an urban an urban if environment. If you grew up in an urban environment and once you go off to college and get your education and you come back and they say you act white or you are bougie. Um, I... <laughs> Randall, what do you think about that? So I'll be the first one to say that I am bougie, um, and <laughs> I own it, I accept it, and I'm bougie by my definition of what bougie is. Um, to me, when people have called me bougie and have said, oh, you're Mr. Bougie now, bougie is synonymous to I'm different than how I was when I lived in my, my mom's house, I'm different than how I was 10 years ago when I was in high school. I'm, I can definitely tell you that I'm bougie. Um, I went off to college and I, I learned a lot, got access and met a lot of people and, you know, experienced some things that I never thought or even knew existed or thought that I would be. So when I'm around certain people and people say that you are bougie, from that regard, I don't argue with them. I, you know, I, I actually kind of laugh, and I'm like, well, thank you, because to me, it's a compliment. You're definitely <laughs> telling me that, you know, I'm, I've, I've grew and I've made had some, some growing in my life, and I think that's what life's about. So, in terms of that, I'll say that I'm bougie. What about you? I mean, I, I have been called bougie. Um, I don't mind the title. I'm, to me, I just don't let titles define me. 
I'm right. who I am. Right. Um, I, I This whole thing of acting white suggests that black people are synonymous with ignorance. Right. And so if it doesn't bother me if a black person tells me I'm acting bougie because I, th- I know that's just being funny. Right, but when a white person says it, it's more like, "Oh, so what you what you mean? <laughs> what you mean by that? That's I act white. What what does that mean? Does that mean I act intelligent? Is is white synonymous with intelligence and black synonymous with ignorance? Wow. And so it's it's those kinds of stereotypes that I think we read into, but I think education causes your vocabulary to change, and right. if if but a. I know, I happen to know a lot of black people that have a a good vocabulary and are bilingual. They know how to speak uh, Ebonics and they know how to speak (laughs) proper English. (laughs) Uh, They just know when to turn it on and turn it off. And I think that I know how to turn it on and turn it off. And I think that most people, most black young professionals know how to turn it on and turn it off. But some people are disconnected it's you could be bougie and not be able to i think the problem is when you're bougie and you're not able to relate to people that we could consider more urban right right so i and i think when we we look at that um i've actually never had uh, a white person or anybody outside of um, the black community call me say that I act white I've heard it but it's definitely always been for somebody that was black and if I heard it from someone else I think I would probably just be in shock that to hear it that I'd be like wait what um, but so I can accept the bougie term if you're calling me bougie I can accept that I take offense with people saying that I act white um, and, and a lot of my family members close family members tend to tell me that and, and use that term. And for me, my issue becomes, well, what does acting white mean? Um, and I, I challenge their thought process, and I don't you know, ju- cut their head off, but I kind of dive into them with exploring really what you're saying by telling me that I act white. Um, it's actually kind of funny, though, because one thing I will say was I, too, used to say that to people. I remember growing up and watching The Real World. Um, my brother loved The Real World. He would watch it all the time. And there was this one guy on there. I forget his name, but he was a black guy, and he, he, was, he, he talked very proper. And I remember always saying, oh, he talked white. He a sellout. I ain't going to never be no sellout. Oh, when I get, when I get money, you ain't going to never have to hear about me talking like that. And I remember the first time one of my friends from middle school, when I was at high school, we were on the phone, and he was like, hey, man, you talk white. And I was like, wait, what? Not me. I don't talk white. And during the time, of course, I'm still in my ignorant self. I don't want to talk white. I don't want to talk white. I don't want to talk white. And it took, it was a process of me understanding you can't talk a race. Like you don't, you, that just, that's the most asinine thing in the world. There's no such thing as talking white. You can speak proper. You can speak intelligent. Maybe sometimes I, I will be in an arena where I don't have to be as professional or as, you know, restrained or as proper, if you will. I don't, it doesn't call that because I'm just kind of kicking it with my friends. So maybe I can understand that, but I can accept people calling me bougie. I can't accept people, anybody calling me white. I'm like, I'm not white. Like just because I'm speaking a certain way, this doesn't make me white. What is that? Yeah. And I, again, a high vocabulary is not synonymous with with Caucasians. There are plenty right. of Caucasians 
that have bad vocabulary, broken English, uh, you can look in a redneck community and, and if, if, you know, so we can't have that stereotype um, with proper English. I mean, you just speak properly. Right. You, it, it's, you're speaking the language in the way that it's intended to be spoken. That's exactly what you're doing. You're not talking a race. I think, yeah, that's crazy. So going back to being bougie, um, it's really funny because I think that, you know, people, when they're called bougie, when you hear yourself being called that so much, like I said, I embrace it. I think it's great for my definition. But I think people that are using it to say, hey, you are bougie, I think they look at it as a negative thing. I think they, they say that you think that you are better than or you are too good for. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because I kind of had this conversation um, with uh, my cousin here recently, um, and I was basically, she was, she was offended that she was called bougie, if you will, and I was telling her, it's something I think you should embrace. There's actually nothing wrong with that as long as you define what bougie is. If, if they're saying that you're bougie from the standpoint of growth, it's okay. And I think from a person that may not understand it or maybe trying to associate some sort of negative aspect of you being bougie, I believe if I work hard and I make a certain amount of money or I have access to certain things and I prefer one thing over another, if that if you want to call me bougie because of that, you know, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. You can use that, but it doesn't make me a bad person. For instance, I don't eat at buffets. I don't like buffets. I call them buffets. I tell people all the time, I'm not going to the buffet. I can go anywhere but the buffet. <laughs> if the buffet is the only thing that I'm supposed to eat at, I'm going to starve. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I don't eat at buffets. It's just nasty. <laughs> yeah. People breathe it. Uh -uh, I can't deal. And Look, that's the bougie-ness coming out of us. Yeah, that see, was this. I don't like. I don't really like chain restaurants either. Me, uh, this that's that's the result of my ex girlfriend. But I'm I just feel like when I go to a local spot, a non chain restaurant, the people actually cook the food with love. They care about how it turns out. They put a little you know extra bit of umph into it so it tastes richer. And I think that's that's part of people like you bougie, especially going to brunch. You're like, oh, brunches. I was reading an article on brunch and people are like we don't go to brunch because it's more expensive but it's kind of like you get what you pay for exactly. and it's the it's the atmosphere exactly it's the food it's the laughter i work hard to have to be in a place that i enjoy that i that i'm comfortable with and to be able to say if i'm going to give you my hard-earned money you're going to give me something that i actually like so if that makes me bougie then you know what? Again, I'm just going to have to be bougie. I think the problem with being that bougie comes in is when people feel like you're a sellout. And I heard JG yeah. say this. Um, he said, people always say you change, but did I work this hard to stay the same? It's, yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I changed, but I didn't work my butt off to get my education and to get a job to be the same person I was. I did that because I wanted to change. Exactly. So when I changed certain aspects of my character, my my desires, not necessarily my character has to change. Your character right. should be progressively getting better, but certain 
you're 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 you have different experiences. Your tastes change, right. and that should change. But the problem becomes when we lose who we were, and we lose, you know, knowing oh our history or knowing how to uh, relate to people that may necessarily have taken the path. And I think that's when the danger of being bougie, because then you're like, I'm this. And when you're looking down on someone, right. that's different. Right. If I just change my vocabulary, stepped up a notch, and my tastes have stepped up, if I could still relate and I don't see myself better than you, right. then that's okay. Right. You could call me bougie if you know I'm. We're still cool. I don't see myself any diff- better than you are. I just happen to choose a different path. Right. But if I'm looking down on you, that's when the bougie becomes an issue. Exactly. It's it's funny. It's funny you say that because I always say with people calling me bougie or with me accepting the fact that I am bougie, I, I, I always say that, you know, as long as you understand that I don't think that I'm any better than you, I'm, I might be extremely different from you. Your tastes aren't my tastes. Um, it's funny. Throughout life, my youngest sister, um, we're three years apart, and people would always say we're kind of like yin and yang. We're complete polar opposites, where I would say, hey, I want to go and listen to a live band play. I want to go to the symphony orchestra. My sister will say, I'm not trying to go there. I want to go to the T.I. concert. And people are like, y'all are so different. Y'all are yin and yang. But one thing that I, I, I always keep, my sister and I, I there's a, a love and a respect for each other. And there's also a love and respect for each other's differences. There are certain things that I like that I can get into um, that she can say, hey, you know, I, I can join you with that. And then sometimes she's like, uh-uh, it's too much. I'm not trying to do that with you. Um, and vice versa. I'll be like, hey, you know, I like what you're doing. We can go. And sometimes, you know what? I, that's not what I'm, that, I don't feel like doing that right now. So we're just going to go our separate ways. But there's still a love and a respect for each other. So with that bouginess, as long as I don't think that I'm better than those people that were supporting me when I didn't have this, when I hadn't made it, if you will, when I was still like working hard to get further and to, to progress, as long as I haven't forgotten them or think I'm better than them, then, you know, it's okay to be bougie. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Well, it's about that time for today's random topic. Today's random topic has to do with Women Crush Wednesday and Man Crush Monday. Now, this is crazy because this is an Instagram thing. You know, we have the throwback Thursdays, hashtag TPT. Now, we have the hashtag WCW, which is Women Crush Wednesday, and hashtag Man Crush Monday, which is hashtag MCM. And this is breaking up relationships. And (laughs) I'm like, okay, What's what's the deal? You know, everybody who's in a relationship, especially women, want to be um, want to be appreciated on social media um, and want their relationship to kind of be out there a little bit. Everybody, your relationship, I always tell people, your relationship could be private. I mean, it could be private without being a secret. So if you're a secret, that's a problem. <laughs> if you're private, that's a different issue. I could. My relationship could be private, and I could post a picture every now and then of us. The caption could be like, "This is my, this is who I'm with. This is my boo. This is my bae." You know those kinds of things, just to show that okay, this is who I'm with. This is not a secret; it's public. Um, but is it that big of a deal where we gotta fight? I mean, I know people who are fighting because. You didn't make me your Women Crush Wednesday. You didn't make me your Man Crush. And I'm just like, that's so petty. Like, it really is. But I I think that 
it shows a lot about a person if you can't highlight me on social media. It's petty to argue about it. You don't have to be their WCW or NCM, but at least be on their social media some kind of way. Or, I always look at it this way. You know when you start dating a person if they're a, a, a social media person. Some people aren't social media people. Right, right. They have platforms, but they don't post. Right. So if they don't post, don't make it an issue. Exactly. If they post it every day and they never post you, then that's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for me, I guess maybe I'm still a little old school. The fact that me not pr- promoting you or showing you on my social media or that being a requirement of our relationship, to me, it baffles me. I'm still like, wait, what? Um, and especially when talking about Women Crush Wednesday, Man Crush Mon- Monday, it- it's funny. One of my friends, um, she actually texted me after we posted the picture and was kind of like, you know, Yo, y'all made a great point. I went to my homegirl page, and she every, like, for the past four weeks, her boyfriend has been her man crush Monday. Well, I went to his page, and she ain't nowhere to be found. And I was like, girl, you need to you need to check him for that. And I'm like, yo, why is it even an issue? <laughs> like, you about to cause a riffle in these people's relationship because he didn't post a picture of her. And I was like, well, what kind of stuff does he post? Well, he always posts stuff about him hitting the gym or about his sports team. And I'm like... Well, maybe his social media is that aspect of his life. Maybe he don't want to promote everything on his life. Nah, nah, nah. You need to let people know that you got a girl. It's, I mean, honestly, for me, it's just kind of like, is this an issue for real? Like, if I don't make you my woman crush uh, Wednesday, hey, it's okay. They don't mean, you know, I love you or like you any less. It's just like, probably not my thing to do. Yeah. Whatever. I think if, if somebody's, this is the... To me, this is a litmus test. People, if they're an avid poster about things that they're passionate about, mm-hmm. and they post about, you know, other people or their friends or who they, you know, help or assist or their family, and they never post you, then y'all might not be together <laughs> in their minds all the way, you know. But <laughs> if they don't post, if they only post about their job or if they're like a, you know, a super, like, their page is for professional reasons and they don't post you, that's different. Like, just chill. Yeah. You know, don't don't be petty. <laughs> now, if my thing is, it's a given, relationships are give and take. If it means that much to you, just sit down with the person without being argumentative and say, I appreciate our relationship. I, I love you. If we've been together more than six months to a year, it would make me happy. It would excite me. It would make my day if you do this. If they don't do it, then, I mean, that's them. But you don't have to argue about it. Yeah, I just feel like, honestly, it, it, in a perfect world, what you said, would be, it would really work out. But you know the conversation's not going to go like that. It's going to go, well, my homegirl said you ain't post me on your page. So I'm just trying to figure out what I got to do to get on your page. And why you ain't post me on that? What, you don't love me? You don't want me to be here? It becomes something that it doesn't need to be. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, just don't be emotional. Just come in the civil say, She's telling women not to be emotional. (laughs) I mean, everyone. <laughs> no offense. So you're not saying we can't have a civil conversation? I'm not saying that women can't have a civil conversation. I think women are incredible. But when women, when some women, I, won't, I, I don't like generalization, so I won't make a generalization. But when some women, 
a lot of women get emotional when they get to that point with their homegirls and then you expect them to sit down where they do and have a sensible conversation. It's just not going to flow like that. that, <laughs> that I, it's, look, trust me. They're going to get the, the hands clapping and <laughs> the fingers pointing. And lo and behold, dude's just going to be like, hey, look, I'm just going to make my next 10 posts all about you. And meanwhile, there's dudes out there that's posting, oh, my woman is the best thing since sliced bread, yada, yada, yada. And me, the, the, the relationship is going nowhere personally, but it's going everywhere on social media. Yeah. It, and, I, you, you know, some people like to appear to have great relationships on social media and it's it's not really real. So don't let that be the litmus test for what realness is in your relationship. Realness should be about what you and the in individual are cultivating through communication and love. Exactly. And, you know, let that be the guide. And if you, if you are that insecure about the relationship, you already know something is going wrong anyways. Exactly. If that's, if that's what took y'all over, you didn't make his women crush Wednesday or he did uh, you didn't make her man crush Monday. It's just it probably wasn't gonna work out in the in the beginning if that's if that's what y'all fight about all the time. Exactly. So make sure that you be careful with your with the pound WCW and MCM. Don't let it ruin your relationship. Don't be petty. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to end this episode of Brunch Culture with our quote of the week. That quote is: Every job is a self portrait of the person who did it. Autograph your work with excellence. Yes, and we want you to do your work well. Do it 100% because it represents you. And we need to brand our work with excellence. And I think that's something we all should do. And remember to follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Brunch Culture, on Instagram, at Brunch underscore Culture, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Brunch Culture. And you can communicate with us and find all of our social media links on our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. And remember, at Brunch Culture, everything, everything is, is up, up for, for discussion. discussion.